This is the Tabernacle Podcast with me, Britton Bishop. Uh, today, John, he quit. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> he's upstairs. Uh, he's doing other things. So uh, I was left to my last resorts. Once again, a joke. I am joined today by the one and only campus pastor of our Buckley campus, Martin Rizzi. What's up, Martin? How you doing, bro? Good. Glad to be here. Welcome to the podcast. Um, and we are also joined by the family and teaching pastor over at Bayview Church in Traverse City, Michigan, the one and only Andrew Clark. Andrew, what is up? Hi, friends. Love it. So, uh, yeah. How you guys doing? Doing good? It seems like a weird question when you're asked it on a podcast. Like, it's normal enough to be asked that in real life, but when you're being videotaped and have to be close enough to a microphone, which I don't do well, uh, it's terrifying. Uh, good. Great. Do you, do you feel like a third wheel? Always. It's really strange, actually, being in a room with the two of you, uh, knowing that at one time I was trying to get to know Andrew, just, you know, Crossed paths, knew different people, knew a lot of the same people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this guy from Oklahoma moved here and got stuck with me during COVID quarantine. I was like, hey, you, you could use a friend your age. So Mostly you for your me to Andrew, who's not my age. <laughs> close. <laughs> close. Yeah, I'm just an old man. So. Uh, no, we were on a Zoom meeting. I remember it like it was yesterday. If you uh, hear this and you're offended, I'm sorry. But uh, <laughs> it was a youth pastor Zoom meeting. There's a lot of board games, a lot of figurines, uh, a lot of stuff that wasn't my vibe. And I was like, oh, that guy looks like the most normal out of the bunch. So I had a newborn kid and was just hair wild trying to survive with yeah. COVID. So, so then we got time. coffee and we decided we didn't need Martin. And, uh, <laughs> and I've been left out ever since. <laughs> that was actually how you became a campus pastor. It was. No. <laughs> it was like, all right, you're moving on. Thank you. Worst day of my life. Uh, no, just joking. I'm glad you, you're a youth pastor today. Yes. Today, this podcast is being ran by all the youth pastors, yeah. no matter what they call I you I am guys. a youth pastor. It's just that you're my youth now. That's how I've had to manage this. <laughs> That's an incredible statement. So, But no, it felt good uh, today just um, as we're looking at some of the things um, up and coming in the life of our churches um, to talk about community, the importance of community. And uh, you guys are two guys that at the end of the day um, that uh, I have – been blessed to have in my life, to speak into my life, uh, to encourage, to admonish, to rebuke when necessary. Um, and so as I was just kind of thinking through this podcast uh, well ahead before the episode started, um, it felt good it was to think, I was like, man, like these are two guys that I've done life with for pretty much my whole time. I've been up in northern Michigan. So today just kind of talking through this idea of uh, why mm. do I need community? What's the purpose of community? Maybe some stories of where communicate community in our lives and the Christian context has benefited us. And, uh, and so, yeah, just felt like that'd be where we went. So if you guys would, I'm going to jump into some scripture and then uh, we'll just start the conversation. I love the way in Colossians chapter three, it says, uh, therefore as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly love, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has agreements against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also are to forgive Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ, to which you are also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. So, so we will sing to each other. Yes, that's what this podcast is. <laughs> I've always read this scripture and been like, I just want friends that I can sing to, sing psalms to. No, but I think that uh, we look here, Paul is kind of uh, spending some time laying out the example for the church, um, the Colossian church, of what it's going to look like to uh, to live in community amongst one another That uh, in, the, in the context before he tells them, these are some things you need to put to death. Uh, you need to kill some sin in your life. And then these are the things that you can put on for the sake of community. So, yeah, I don't know. Any thoughts that come to you guys' minds as you look at that? Well, you make the the joke about, like, singing. And I, like, instantly picture, like, a carpool karaoke thing. <laughs> um, but I, I do – I guess when I think of community, I, I always – maybe my default definition, even if it's just my own, is, like, doing life with one another. Yeah. And I think that's probably, like, a really – seems obvious but i feel like when you read that in all of context like you're like yeah it really is like you kind of you're in it like yeah. i think you're, and then you you bring up being from oklahoma and coming up here and the yeah. connection it's like to think of 
knowing you for like less than a year and then we're taking a trip to Oklahoma to to see where you're from and like that Which you Martin's never been to. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. But like uh the opening of that door I just want the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't barbecue dog, it's Whataburger all day. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> The opening of that door to come see where you're from. And like, yeah. it wasn't that we didn't just go speak at a camp. We like went and saw family. And it's like, um, I think life is really easy to kind of, especially with social media and some of this stuff, to put up the wall, to put yeah. up the mask. And like, man, you read that. And I'm like, it is. It's doing life. It is it is singing to one another. It's having yeah. those fun. It's having those 2 a.m. talks. It's mm-hmm. the it's the nitty gritty um, that is oh so valuable. Right. And, no, that's so yeah. good. Because I think that. The hindrance we see um, to community, especially in the church, is this preconceived thought that I have to have it all together. And so we're not ever actually showing up to the church gathering or showing up to church on the weekends and allowing people to see the reels of who I am, of what my life is, of what I'm struggling, what I'm going through, because we want to portray to everyone else, man, I've got it together. Mm -hmm. So, and if they really knew me, right, maybe they wouldn't want to be uh, my friend. Maybe they wouldn't want to do life with me because then they would be exposed to the mess. And I think that that for me, I think back to my own life, even just in the realm with you guys, I think back, Martin, I don't know if you remember, I think a moment that our kind of friendship took a dive was when I got some of like the toughest news I'd gotten in a long time over at the firehouse um, about a friend of mine that I played college football with that took his own life. Mm. And I'm like laying on a beanbag, like weeping, like it was a really weird, like, and Martin just came over. He didn't say anything, but there was just this moment of like, I'm in the hole, the pit of, of hurt and it, and I could have done the I'm fine, you know, like mm-hmm. let's put, but no, like I l- allowed kind of Martin into that space, and it wasn't easy. I didn't really know this dude, but it was what I had, <laughs> yeah, right. And it turned into kind of this moment, this this place where it's like, man, like I trust this guy. This is one of the first places I go when I struggle. Now this is somebody I can have conversations with, and so I think that that is a hindrance. And so I would ask you guys, um, it's a long way around. Sorry, Mike Anderson, um, <laughs> but uh, I would ask you guys, why do you think that is? Why do you think people that come to church? Um, feel the need to have it all together for those around them rather than coming into it vulnerably and honestly. And maybe I'm overgeneralizing, which correct me if I am. No, I think, uh, I think that there's a reality to that. And it's, it's human nature to some extent. Like it's scary to go to deep places with people that you don't know how much you can trust. Like mm. just level, as men, crying in front of another man is not where you want to start the relationship, right? Sure. Like we want the easiest possible fix for that. And in different contexts, different relationships, it looks different, but nobody wants to start in the depths. You want to find your way there. And it's, I think it comes down to that word you use is trust. It's yeah. you give a certain amount of trust when you meet a person, you shake their hand, you hope they don't have a knife in the other one, right? There's right. the basics, yeah. but then there's, we're going to walk down this road together and you got to take those steps. It's almost always relationships grow in those of the darkest of moments. I mean, I thought you were going to mention a different moment in the firehouse, to be honest <laughs> with you. a great moment in the yeah. firehouse. Uh, where I realized <laughs> just how much taller you were than me as I was standing on a step above you, still looking up to you, <laughs> trying to make sure you understood that I was an intimidating force at that. Like, we had a nice size argument. Oh, yeah. And I don't even remember what it was about. Do you? No, I, I just remember people that were walking by saying, hey, is everything going, is everything okay? Over Are you the guys fire? all right? We were literally in like a screaming match. About I can't remember what it was. I think it was just the the trivial like I'm a new person with a mm-hmm. personality and ideas. And it wasn't that Martin was against them. It was just like and I think there were some other combating personalities in the mix and we were just kind of going at it. And he was challenging me to not to just take things at status quo, to dig deeper in other relationships. Yeah. I, now I remember what it was to have the conversations, to dig into the relationships. It was like, no, these people don't know. And we're like screaming at each other. Yeah. And it was like now we come out of that. I'm like. I can say anything to Martin yeah. and not in a it's bad bonding. way. Right. It's like, like it's like, up. it's, there's that unity there. Cause it's yep. like, I trust him enough that like, cause in that I kind of lost myself. And I think you, uh, and sure. we both acknowledge the fact that's probably not how we should handle everything, but sometimes sure. you need it. <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't know that it'll, it ever has gotten there again. I don't know that it'll ever need to again. It was like, all right, I need to know that I can be raw. Yep. Like what you're saying here is at the end of the day, if, if I can be at my worst and maybe this is a terrible analogy, but most of us know that, the people that see us at our worst are the people that we're closest to mm-hmm. our wives, yeah. our children. They see the worst in us. 
And the reality is that's not something we want to take advantage of, but it's, it speaks to the depth of the relationship. Mm-hmm. If we, you want a deep community, you've got to be willing to go there with them. And then we've got people that walk into church world and they're like, I just want to feel like I'm deeply invested in this yeah. community. I just don't want anybody to ever see me not dust it off. Oh, dude, yeah. one of my pet peeves in the realm of Fight Club is when you're sitting around a table um, and you haven't, I don't know if you've been to a fight club, but you've been in men's Bible mm-hmm. studies and you're sitting around the table and uh, you're getting after it, reading the text and you share like, man, this is what this, this is the heart tug for me. This is where I'm struggling. And then the guy just speaks into your struggle rather than like taking the moment to be like, bro, I've been there. Sure. And it's like, they just use your struggle to navigate around their own. And there is that aspect of like, sure. man, I'm glad, like maybe this is causing him to think something deeper and I'm not, but it's like, Man, how much deeper could this relationship go if you met me there, yeah. right? And church world is really interesting because I think you have a couple of things at play with, okay, is it a community for one hour a week? Mm. Like, is, it, is that your investment? Is yeah. this, I, I show up for an hour? Okay, that's really easy to kind of just fake it till you make it. Mm. And I think you also struggle with, okay, what is your perception of church, right? Does media, you know, portray church as suit and tie and hidey tidy and like, or is it this raw thing where you feel you can step in and so I... It's almost like there's a lot of confusion around it, I think, sometimes. And then I, I wonder if that just plays a huge role in your overall investment of how deep do I want to go? Yeah. How much trust do I want to actually have? Because I'm just kind of in and out. Yeah, I think about like even your story that you've shared on this podcast and your changed life story. Like, mm-hmm. was there a portion where church was a difficult space to step into and build community because there was this idea of like the perception or like, what are we doing here? Like, like in your own experience, like how did that look and then what kind of helped you turn that corner to where it's like more than – this is more than just an hour a week or more than where dad works or whatever it is where it's like, no, mm-hmm. this is a community by which I belong to. Was there a space in your life where that happened? I think early on, I think once um, – maybe even before anything with my dad or any any of that, I, I think my wife and I realized when we were first married and kind of getting involved in the church and it was like um, – I mean, we barely knew people, and all of a sudden, like, some parents from the student ministry we're working with, they're, like, throwing us a, a wedding shower. Mm. And they're doing, like, these little things, and I'm just kind of like, really? Like, yeah. it, like again, I've studied ministry. If, you know, I'm going to work in this church. And so, like, I, I felt really silly <laughs> that I was just, like, confused and almost shocked they were doing this. Um, And then you just kind of, like, as things have played out further and further, you're kind of just like, that's – that's the whole doing life. Like mm. that was someone who said like, while well, we care about these people, like let's invest in them. Yeah. And I think that was a huge shift of like the, the conversations I was beginning to have. And I wasn't just trying to remember people's names, but I'm like, <laughs> I, I want to remember a name, a face and like, yo, how was your daughter? Or how, yeah. you know, how's grandma? Like those kind of things become way more uh, important because then you see the, the opposite side of, okay, then when life happens, mm. And you feel the awkwardness of someone trying to engage, but there's no relationship. Um, you can kind of just nod and smile through it because you're not like, okay, they're trying. And yeah. I'll give them that credit. And I, I think I think the attempt is valuable and at least can help push community forward. Yeah. And trust can be For sure. built. built. Yeah. And it, yeah. But it takes time. And yeah. I, I love that you said it that way because when you when we're in that and – we don't know what to expect. We don't know what the community is supposed to look like. We're new to it. Um, I come from a different world. When I first walked into a church, I was like, you people are weird. <laughs> like I, my wife and I left a church within like we were ready to leave within 30 seconds because it was a hugging church. Mm-hmm. It was everybody's going to hug everybody. And it's like, hey, cool. That's how you guys build communities. You're going to have a community of huggers here. Uh, <laughs> we're out. This is this is odd. Mm-hmm. There, there's social cues that that we're all trying to pick up, and and sometimes it's just a matter of fit, right? Like, mm-hmm. it just I want to say this out loud: you might walk into a church that you just don't fit mm-hmm. that world. That's not your community of people, and that's not wrong. They're still preaching Jesus. They still love them. They sing music you don't like, and they're a little too huggy. That's okay to go somewhere else. Yeah. It's not okay to leave a church because all of a sudden you're like, eh, I don't really like these people. Like mm-hmm. you get to devote a little bit to love those people. That's different. Um, but I, yeah, I remember walking into churches just going, I don't get this church stuff at all. Yeah. And actually, I'll be honest with you. It was your, uh, your mom was a huge part in this. And I've told this story before to mm-hmm. people, but it was working in the cafe in student ministry at Westside Church at the time. 
and thinking I was the guy that was supposed to welcome people in the community and turning around and asking this woman, hey, have, have you been around here long? Can I help you find anything? <laughs> it was the lead pastor's wife. <laughs> Michelle, if you ever listen to this, thank you so much for your grace in that moment because I could not have been more embarrassed. Um, and she just, she didn't say a word. She just smiled and she's like, yeah, I've been around for a minute. I, no, I know where things are. Thank you. And like from that moment on, she was the kindest person. How long me. did it take you to figure out that? that Somebody was her? told me it was it was at least a week afterward because <laughs> I was I'm dumbfounded. Right. And you know, at that point, like I felt like everybody knew my name and I didn't know hers or who she was, was at that all. Before or after you got rid of the energy drinks, uh, I never got rid of the energy drinks. I quit doing cafe because I thought that it was wrong. That may have been a bit legalistic at the time. <laughs> Respect. I <laughs> uh, love it. No, I, I think you guys are hitting on some key pieces is just this aspect of like, man, community is what you'll make of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for the people that want church to be a place that they can come in and get their hour fix and leave and it's kind of just like, man, it's just a thing we do. Like that can yeah. be what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's also a depth that can come out of church that is more than just an hour a week. It's more than even just like an hour a week and then a two-hour fight club. Like there's a depth to a community and a life-on-life life kind of perspective that can come out of it. I even – the word picture that I get from scripture is when Jesus is talking about building your houses. Yeah. And he's talking about uh, obeying him in this context, but I think it works as well here. And I think he'd be okay with borrowing the analogy. But he talks about um, one is building a house on sand. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you take this and it's just an hour a week thing you do, like, yeah, you can build your house and you can even play the game and you can put it on mm-hmm. sand. And it can look at the end of the day just like everybody else's house. But something you hinted towards is like, but when the storms come, when difficulty hits your life, when tragedy strikes, what are you yeah. left with? And then I think about the aspect of the people that, man, they dive in, they take this seriously, and they find deep community with their community within the community type aspect, you know? Yeah. like Because I think that's the piece is not everybody at church is going to be your best friend. Yeah. But there are some people in there that really um, need you and you need. And I think that's another aspect that we can get into as well. But there's something about when you have that depth there and you begin to build your house, this life – on more than just checking the box, but there's mm-hmm. depth, there's um, access, you're bearing with one another in love, you're being compassionate, you're kind, you're humble, you're gentle, you're patient, um, you're dwelling, you're allowing the word of God to dwell richly in your heart. Just like yeah. this passage we read to start, then when life happens, when the difficulty strikes, you're left with some type of foundation to be standing on. Mm-hmm. And I think even in all of our lives, we've had aspects and portions and times where life has happened. Um, and that's what when really reveals like what you've actually built your community on. Is it yeah. one that is kind of this fake sand temporal kind of uh, foundation or is it one that's built on a rock? And I think that the key piece and where these can connect is the fact that those community aspects, the, the, the friendships, the relationships, the community that we're talking about that's left standing is one that is built on a central piece that is Christ. Yeah. Um, and, and I think to um, – all of us sitting at this table, This we can just title this episode Bromance, Matt, uh, if you will. <laughs> it's called Bromance with uh, Martin and Andrew. But I think uh, in in our lives, like that's the aspect, like in that disagreement in the firehouse, in the tragedy that I experienced that you were able to step into, all of that happens the way it does because we knew at the end of the day that Christ was central to those things. Yeah. I think about even you and I meeting and talking about and having the conversations we had, like Christ being central to the things allowed us to build out from there. Sure. And I think that that's that key piece that even this this passage hits on is, is uh, where he says, man, you allow, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you. Yeah, and I think you're, I think it would be safe to say, like, I do believe there's a difference between what we're talking about between, like, friends and community that happens because of proximity mm-hmm. and actual community that's, like, the depth that's and the good. trust. I do think yeah. there is a separation there because— you can be the person who has a lot of connections and a lot of relationships mm-hmm. and you're good at networking and you, you have the the friend circles. But to your point, it's like, okay, when the storm hits, you're actually going to see like what gets washed away simply because of proximity mm-hmm. and what is remaining is that foundation. It yeah. is the ones that you've had the conversations, you've done the life with, you've had yeah. the experiences, you've invested. Uh, my wife and she'll understand when I share this. She's, Shout out Katana. Yeah. Uh, she's... <laughs> She's an incredible friend because she she invests at a very deep level. That also means she has very limited number of friends. Yep. Um, and one of the things that her and I talk about often is this idea of pursuit. And obviously in marriage, we're trying to pursue one another. Um, 
and that should be a, a back and forth, a, a vice versa thing that's happening. We're both pursuing each other, but I do believe in a relationship that is a growing, thriving, deep relationship and friendship. Mm-hmm. There needs to be pursuit that's happening. And yeah. something we yeah. often talk about is, again, this idea of proximity. It's really easy to say, okay, I'm close with these people right. simply because we're close. Yeah. And and so she's brought up, and this all makes sense now, she's brought up the whole like, that limited number of friends or people she's close with or people she feels like are maybe are slipping away. And I always have to ask that question. I was like, is this the season where you're the one pursuing? Mm, like, is good. there, is there been a time like, um, and if it's, it's something you're feeling like, huh, we're not either of yeah. us are pursuing. That doesn't mean that person is no longer a friend. Mm. It's just probably not that layer of, yeah. of depth that we're talking about community wise. That's good. I remember listening and hearing a pastor one time talk about this idea. I mean, we have to bring value back to the word friend. Yeah, um, because I think that proximity piece is something you're hitting on because we're still seeing adults today choosing their friends just like they did when they were in elementary school. Yeah, right. It's you're the first one out to recess. You get to the swings, and it's like, all right, these are my homies. Like, yep. they all like playing on the swings. I'm, I'm, or I, I like playing tat, whatever. Right, and yep. this, this is just the crew I run with now. And I think that we still see that today and how adults mm-hmm. are choosing friends. Like, oh, well, these are the other homeschool moms or these are the ones whose kids play this sport or these are the guys that deer hunt or these are the dudes that play slow pitch softball or these are the guys in my basketball league. Yep. And we're allowing similar interest and proximity to be the place we build deep community. And those can be avenues for that. Yep. But I think at some point you have to take that relationship to that deeper place. You have to have those deeper conversations. It has to be more than just the surface level to borrow the analogy from our friend Foster Christie. It's more than just a mile wide and an inch deep. Yeah. Right. There's a depth. There's this this piece of that that I think is important. Um as you look at building community, um, that can't be ignored. But Riz, you got anything you want to add? Yeah, I mean I'm just loving what you guys are talking about because that idea of proximity is it's something that we've all all of us mm-hmm. have experienced. It's that moment where you're going, well, were we just friends because we happen to work together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in my past, it was it was really clear because, um, and maybe this is a little too deep for the moment, but go with me there or don't. Um, there was a point in my life where the people that I hung around, uh, we were not in a great place. We were in a desperate place. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't have probably recognized it then, but we were living in a place literally most of the time we were spending in what would be called a ghetto and, you know, as much as you get one in northern Michigan. It was just an old housing complex. It was busted down. Things were bad, but we were together. And we had a lot of fun, don't get me wrong. Like these were guys that at that point in life, I would have told you would have died for me mm-hmm. until they needed the CD that I had and they st- stole it out of my car, right? Mm-hmm. There was something there about we weren't building anything solid foundation. We were just happened to be all desperate together. The difference being what we're talking about now is there's a desperation that we, we all come from mm-hmm. that we find a level of hope in. And there's that foundation. When you're talking about foundational, I'm like, man, yeah. I think that around the world, there's these groups of people that want community, but we define it differently and what we base it on matters because at the end of the day we were all you know partying and doing all the things together that at that point in life seemed like these are going to be my closest bros forever yeah we're going to live we're ride or die they got my back on everything two or three of them i still know i bumped into one not long ago and it life was not going well for them and i was like man there there is a community aspect that matters so much deeper but you've got to build on something that really does and for me that was there's there's nothing as empty as realizing that those relationships you thought were built on something mm. would be as fleeting as possible when somebody got arrested and somebody needed to narc somebody out. Yeah, and yeah. Um, when I saw that in my life, it was as traumatic as anything. And it makes you not want to trust and step into another mm. piece of community. I just love yeah. the aspect that Martin Rizzi just used the term narc uh, <laughs> on the Tabernacle podcast because he's got street cred and that's real. <laughs> <laughs> So l- let me wind back to the other side of it, you don't just get to for my own safety. Away. Nope. Listen to Martin's Change Life story; you'll know why I did it. <laughs> so I'll say it this way: even super wise guys that were writing books back in the 1940s, like C.S. Lewis, saw it the same way. He yeah. says it, it kind of what Nicole has has learned. Mm-hmm. Um, his point was: Why would you ever have more friends than you can actually invest in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, now the 100%. quote I don't remember, but that's essentially what he's saying. Yeah. You you have 1,700 friends on. Instagram, but how many of them can you actually spend time with? Yeah, that's good. 
I, I love the the idea that you just pointed us to, Martin. It's just like this. Yeah, we're all surviving together until I need to survive more than they do. Like I think about like mm. a desert deserted island, like kind of that mindset. Like yep. we're all in this together until there's only one meal left. I right? would kill you yeah. <laughs> and eat you. Meet me at 285, big dog. Uh, <laughs> Working on it. <laughs> Working uh, on it. <laughs> no, but I think just that aspect of like the people you surround yourself with, the proximity piece. And, and I think too to speak – like it's okay to have friends that are just people you're just around. And yeah, like, 100%. Yeah, like that, that's fine. But you'll come to know there's a point in every – especially adults I think realize this. And this is something we preach to students all the time, right? But they – it takes a level of – failure uh before you realize it yeah Yeah. (laughs) but i think for the people um listening like taking and looking back at your own life and it's like man do you have that yeah do you have those people that are there no matter what that will that will be a part of helping you have a strong foundation centered on christ and if you do awesome how are you investing in those around you and being invested in and if you don't why not Mm -hmm. and what's Mm -hmm. keeping you from that yeah. And I think that that would be a, a I think that would be a good question for us to ask, maybe in our own lives, because um, all of us, right? In theory, we've perfected community. We've got the best friends ever, and mm-hmm. our lives are just great. And that's why we're doing a podcast on it, right? Because we're <laughs> just we're expert on the term. But no, that was all sarcasm. But I think like for us, like speaking to like, what are the times that you find yourself like? What are the struggles for us that hinder our ability to build community? Busyness. Busyness. Yeah. I, I'm just going to. Right. When I get busy and I draw back, I don't have a good excuse. Like I'll just pour into my two or three really close yeah. friends. I'm just like, I don't have time for anything. I've got to get X number of things done today. And I bail on life. And this new, uh, right around New Year's, I had a good friend of mine that was, I don't know if he was seeing that in me or he is just wise beyond his years. And he just asked me, he's like, so what's, what are you going to do different this year? was essentially the question. And for me, it was, I'm going to reprioritize. And uh, this is going to date me, but uh, there was once upon a time a social media site called MySpace mm. where you chose your 10 best friends. What was your song? What <laughs> oh, was your man. song on MySpace, Rizzy? Bro, it was Cutlass. Oh. <laughs> uh, it was cut. How did you know that? You couldn't even have been alive. Uh, well, yeah, I had, back in, that was my, I didn't have, mom, I never had MySpace. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, what was yours? I know you had it. No. no, no. He didn't know it. He's not buying it. Turn my swag on. You got to pick your top (laughs) 10 friends. (laughs) Top 10 friends. And it ruined friendships, right? Like Mm -hmm. people found out who your top 10 friends were and they're like, you're out. (laughs) I I didn't make your top 10. Why is that wrong? Uh, I think it was Brian Williams out here that reminded me. He's like, it's okay if you like the people you spend the most time with. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like, I'm not being selfish because I actually prefer to hang out with Andrew than Martin. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I will say, bro, you cook better than him. I'll take that. Every time I'll I go to that. Andrew's house, he makes me cook. Yeah. <laughs> you claim that just mistakes. means he's the smartest person <laughs> yes, at the table. Thank you. Thank no. you. Thank you. Uh, I think that's one. Busyness uh, is definitely a reason in people's lives that they, that community is the first thing to go. Mm-hmm. And that, what about for you? Is there anything else you would add kind of that you've found? Busyness did, did come to mind first. I think that's just the the go-to because that's that's a really it's like when you have kids like they just become the easy ex- excuse to use when you don't want to do something yeah. like oh kids are sick or, you know what i mean like it's just yeah. like it's it's like he's that never weird. actually used that with you yeah um because they're and liam are dogs yeah, he's in it so um so but i i think it is it's really easy to to kind of fall into that trap of of busyness i do think something that i've i've kind of picked up on and i think you were hinting at it and it sounds like brian's quote and that idea of like well, these are the people I really just want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And like, um, if you're on the outside looking in, like, I wonder if like jealousy and some of that stuff, like some of those, like some of those kind of emotions will play a, um, a pretty big hindrance in terms yeah. of like who I'm spending my time the with, why I'm it. spending my time yeah. with it, my perception of the time yeah. spent. So, um, well, I mean, ha- have you guys never been on the outside of the circle wanting in? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, because I live there, <laughs> and it's like, I want to be friends with them, therapy with Martin, and so. I don't know why I want to be friends with them. Yeah, that's good. But in I see this happen in church a lot. It's like, you know, there's a lot of people who want to be best friends with John Vermillion, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll be the first person to have his back. It's hard to be best friends with a congregation of 1,200 people, right? Oh, it right. just 
it, it's not possible. No, I, I, that's something you definitely hear all the time in the church. It's like, well, this place is just clicky. And it's like, well, build community and you can have your own click, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. If that's what you want to call it. But no, those are just communities that have been built, built through years of experience yeah. together. Um, so yeah, and I think this is something you hit on earlier is like, those people have 20 years of history together. So to think that you're just going to jump in and like be in the mix, like, no, they care about you. They love you. They're glad you're here, yep. but you're not going to go to every dinner party, but yep. you could build a community of people that has that. Like you can be the catalyst for inviting other people along and building that deep community 100%. right there in that place. That's the pursuit. Yeah. Right? That's what I was trying to say earlier. Yeah. It's like almost like that idea of like, man, if somebody really want, like you can at least pursue, like take the, take the steps. Maybe it, it reaches a point where it's like, okay, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fine. Okay, like at least you tried. Yeah. Um, and I think I think social media plays a huge role in that. Like half the times you wonder like why things are actually posted other than right. just to make people be like, flex. oh, I wasn't there. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a flex. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, and you see it, you're like, I, I want to be there. Yeah. And then you step back, you're like, do I? Wait, why? I've yeah. actually been in the room with them. That's not how they interact. <laughs> yeah. Why do I want to be there? And right. so um, that's where I think that some of those emotions and no, some of those sure. thoughts play it and you get in your feels. Yeah. And next thing you're like, I I'm not going to hang out with anyone. Right. Let me ask you for some help here because I've got – that conversation came out of Mm -hmm. a lot of conversations I've had recently with people that have been around church world for a long time. But um, maybe something went on in their church and they've they've changed location. And the reality is is that they have this desire for the same community they had, Mm -hmm. right? I I was going to this church for 10 years and, you know, I was really ingrained in it. And it just doesn't feel the same here. My answer being – it won't for 10 years. Yeah. 100%. It just, it's never going to be the same, but you're in that boat right now. Yeah. Like you just took on a new role, newer yeah. role at Bayview. And it's like, all right, so you, you're going to have to, if you yeah. want to be in community with people at that church, which I mean, just sh- shout out, not all pastors have to want to be in community with just people at their church. Sure. Yes. And you don't have to just want to be community with people at just your church. Right. Um, but if you do want that, how are you going to go about? What's it actually going to look like tangibly for you to start building in relationships there? Uh, show up and be involved oh, and things like yeah. that. Yeah, like, I mean, oh, man, so I actually have to go to stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, risk. Yeah. I, that's again, that word pursue. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, if that's, if it's important to you, right. Um, if it's something you honestly do value, mm-hmm. something you really do want, like then, then go for it. Mm-hmm. And, and, Martin, you said it exactly. It's like, how many times do you talk to people who are like, it's just not what it was. And it's like, but what it was wasn't here. Right. And what it was wasn't even like you, you've invested, you pursued, you, yeah. you put blood, sweat and tears most likely into that for multiple years. You get back to work. Like yeah. it's like, it's, it's the building That's process. And to Britain's original point, where was the foundation? Mm-hmm. Was it on what that the events that you were doing there was it on the four walls that you were part of was it on an individual or people or was there a man i could go anywhere and feel at home because these are jesus people yeah Mm. like i know and i gotta do it but plug for the jesus revolution movie if nobody saw it it is the most amazing depiction of this because you're seeing a, a an old church an old dying church Invaded by hippies. I'll try not to give away too much. You can just give it away. But the idea of, I'm telling you, it's worth seeing. For everybody out there that thinks that every Kirk Cameron movie is bad, he's not in it. Uh, But it's worth watching. Anyway, so community is basically, they're walking into something that's wholly not them, but the foundation's right. Hmm. It was all about love. Crusty people that have been out, you know, the chosen frozen that have been sitting in the same church for their whole life, never reaching out. And a bunch of hippies walk in. And when they finally sort out what the foundation looks like, there's some beauty yeah, to it. And the, yeah. the movie is actually really good. It's entertaining. So, Well, I, I went to a smaller Bible school. It's, it's grown a little bit now. But um, since graduating, a lot of the times, like, the conversation comes up of, like, how, how was college? Or what was that experience like? Or what did you learn? And the thing I kept falling back on was, like, it's what you make it mm-hmm. like. It really was like we had the curfews and we had the weird uh, dorms only open at these times and, and all that kind of stuff. And like, man, that sounds so like restricting or so not fun. And it's like I had the best four years of my life mm. because it was like it's it's the time, the investment we you went and found you did what you you wanted to do. You made it what you wanted it. And yeah. so to, to that point, it's like I, I do think that individual walking into a new church like. 
You can sit back, you can complain, you can be upset. It's mm. not what it was. Or you can get to work and get involved, yeah. get, start investing, start at least pursuing this yeah. idea of like, okay, what does it mean to me to be a part of what is happening here? Yeah. What is this? Can I become part of this foundation? Like, what does this actually look like? Um, I don't know. I've never just been quote unquote given a friendship, hmm. but it's like, they just never like just happened. Right. It's, there's always been effort. Yeah. No, I, I love the fact like the phrase like get to work or getting to work. Um, I think it's one that people forget sometimes is that relationships take work, um, yeah. real life relationships. And I think that's a part of just the culture in which we exist is like, man, some of people like the extent of their relationship is I hit follow and they followed me back yeah. or um, I, I like their posts or I share their posts or we interact in the comments, but there's no really like investment there. There's no deep like, yeah. man, it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take scheduling. And I think that there's almost became this like and it's infiltrated a lot of our lives, but we see it in our community as well as it's infiltrated this aspect of uh, if it's not convenient, it's not for me. Mm -hmm. And so like we want all of our relationships to be like McDonald's yeah. and I just want to come in, drive through, get my fix and leave. And then I wonder why my stomach hurts after. Yeah. And it's like because you're not actually investing in the uh, finding real, true, good nutrients in that space. And I think that the reason our friendships aren't the things we are is because we're not taking the time mm -hmm. to invest, to spend time um, sorting through and having conversations and, and having the awkward first lunch or yeah. coffee meeting or having the awkward first time we go to their house to eat dinner or, or having that awkward interaction or figuring it out or getting to know somebody, telling your story again yeah. and sort getting past the part where it's like, this isn't convenient mm -hmm. and understanding, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. I, I just think for me, like when I moved to Northern Michigan. Like I just moved from Oklahoma where I'm known and I know people, my best friends are there. I've got people all over that I just know and it's easy and I can walk in and they know my name. It's like cheers, right? Yeah. It's just like everywhere you go, you're just known all this stuff. And it's like, okay, now I'm in Northern Michigan and I don't know anyone and it's COVID. Mm. What are you going to do? And it's like, well, I, to an extent, I had a conversation with one of our students last night because um, when I moved here, I moved into an, an apartment attic type thing above a family of the church's garage while I was kind of trying to find somewhere to live yeah. and all this stuff. And at the time, I was like socially awkward. I didn't know these people and it was COVID and I was pretty sure the tab was going to fire me as soon as finances hit the fan. <laughs> and it was like, I'm going to be the first one to go. So I'm sure. just not going to get to know these people because I'm probably going back to Oklahoma <laughs> soon enough. Uh, <laughs> and so I didn't take the time to really get to know them. It was just kind of like, hey, thanks so much for letting me stay here. But now looking back, like I was telling the student last night, I was like, dude, if I would have known what I know now three yeah. and a half, four years ago, I would have been in your house three meals a day. Like I would have hung out with you. I would have caught so many fish. Like we'd have done yeah. all. And it's like, but I didn't take the risk to really get to know them. Yeah. And now hindsight's twenty twenty, right? You look back and like, man, that would have been a great place to be invested and get to know. And, yeah. But I think about like coming here, coming out of church culture, coming into a new church culture, like campus pastors are the worst. Like that's all my perspective going into it. Like yeah, they're, they're, these wrong. are dudes that like – but there's just that risk and work aspect. Yeah, like, so true. Man, I'm going to get to know these guys. I'm going to have the awkward meals. It's going to be – going over to the Rizzi's house and taking my shoes off even though I don't want to and sitting around the dining table and eating the best food I've ever had and realizing like, and these people are awesome and having the awkward interactions. But I think that there's a, a level of work, but it's worth it. Yeah. Now, there's a reward attached to that if you'll take the time and play the slow game. Yeah. But we've got to step out of this aspect that we just want it to be quick, convenient, and easy and, and invest in real life relationships yeah. Um, because that's where I think where we find true uh, value. That's where we find what what Paul was talking about when he's writing to the Colossian church. These these people that were were doing this, were bearing with one another. That's yeah. more than just a, an online or virtual or convenient. That's real life stuff. These are people that are going through it. And so yeah, I think it's, that's, it's both ways. Yeah, it, that bear with one another is you're you're doing it together. And I think that's what we've kind of been saying and, and going through. And that's I had a. I have a guy now, he made the comment like, oh, if only if I would have known. And it's like, there was this, this guy in, in college who I just didn't like. And I never knew why I didn't like him. I just didn't like him. Right. And then there was that step of like, well, what if I just actually tried to get to know him? Mm. And now he's like one of my just good, good friends. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, oh, I, I just had to, I had to try a little mm -hmm. bit. But I had it, to actually invest something a little bit yeah. to get past my issues. And, right. and there was a risk. Like, and, what if yep. he rejected you? What if yeah. What if we just butt heads forever? Like, I remember working in the restaurant business and having a guy that was just a 
jerk to work with. Like just worst attitude, just frustrating at all times. Um, I love you, Brett, but he'll never listen to this. But if he did, uh, I wouldn't feel bad saying that because there was a moment where I finally walked in the office and I, again, I don't know why I always yell at taller people, but I'm looking up at him. He's six, eight inches in taller. In your defense, least, yes. that is 90% of the population. Male population. <laughs> but I walk in, I start yelling at him and I'm not a yeller. I just, I don't, it, it might sound in this podcast that I am, but so we have some yelling. Yeah. And our relationship changed like that. And it was like, man, I had to take a risk and just be really genuine and have the, have it out. And he's still one of the few people I still talk to about that. Um, and I think that scripture speaks to this, not just there, you know, I was, I was looking at some Proverbs. I'm like, I can't remember which one it is, but it says that, um, you know, a friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. Mm -hmm. It's like, even in here. I, I was looking at the scripture we read in Colossians 3, and it's like, all right, there's that first section that tells you all the good stuff, like yeah. be patient, be gentle, all the stuff we're supposed to do, humility, kindness, stuff that I'm bad at. And then it, like for the center section, it's all about forgiveness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It doesn't tell us. It, it almost just assumes adversity. It mm -hmm. assumes yeah. conflict because that's essential because any relationship has risk. Yeah. Being that we are all currently married men, we understand every relationship takes risk yeah. and everyone is guaranteed some level of conflict. In the midst of that, it doesn't ever feel good, but that's how the relationship has grown in my or my perspective. No, for mm -hmm. sure. And I think, too, like it's knowing that you have, have those people in your life that you can have that conflict and it's not going to blow up and be all over. Yeah. afterwards. And I think that, that that comes with time and experience. And that's not ignoring the fact that, man, like there are people out there that have been hurt, mm -hmm. um, that have taken that risk, that have put themselves out there, that have been vulnerable, and it didn't go the way you thought it would. Yeah. And it's just like, then I'll never try again because yeah. they just hurt me. And, that, and I think that's so many people's attitude nowadays when they walk into church is church people hurt me, church people hurt my family. And if it wasn't for church, like, and that's that whole piece. And it's like, man, like not all of them, uh, keep taking that risk, keep going because Jesus died to redeem all of that. And I think that whenever you can find yourself surrounded by people that are centered on Christ, you will be surprised by how much and how well, um, they're going to love and support and, and be that friend, that community that you're looking for. And so, so you just said something that, that opened kind of a can of worms in my head. You're talking about church hurt. Uh, I refuse to say that term. Yeah, I, I, but you're <laughs> defining at least an aspect of it because there's a, a wild difference between I was hurt by an organization and the policies within mm. and somebody that happened to go to the same church I did made me sad once. And Nailed it. those two things are, are vastly – and I, yeah. both of them have their place and both of them have an impact. And, and I'm not even saying what you should do with all of them, but identifying that reality. Right. It's, um, just, it's such a coin phrase, especially for our generation, is this idea of church hurt. I don't go because legalism or whatever. And there are people that have legitimately been hurt, and I'm not ignoring the fact of that. But that's not all churches. That's not all people. And it wasn't Jesus that did that, right? It was just that <laughs> aspect that it was um, a person within that organization that is a sinner that's saved by the same grace that we're saved by. That <laughs> See you, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Didn't he this literally is my favorite say part it. about us not editing the podcast is everyone knows <laughs> Andrew's dying in the hallway right now. He's gone. He's gone. For context, he said, my biggest fear is that I'm going to have a coughing attack. And it literally No, happened. what he said, he's like, if you talk about church hurt, I'm going to start crying. And I'm, no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> So now we get to sit here and look at each other on the same and talk, side. It's it, like it, same this side is, sitting at Applebee's right now. Yeah. Uh, no, but do I you think, know people do that? No, it's disgusting. It's weird. Um, but I think that, that that's such a weaponized phrase because it's an easy way to get out of it. Yeah. Rather than dealing with the things, the, the, the situations that you've been in and, and understanding the fact that, yeah, you may have been hurt um, and not ignoring that. But also Christ tells us to forgive people. Um, that whole to, center section. Yeah. Uh, to, to forgive, to, to, to extend to them the grace that's been extended to you and to keep it pushing. Yeah. But church hurt, that term in general, it assumes no responsibility on an individual's That's end. Good. Yeah. It's everybody else's fault. And there's maybe a rare few times where that is absolutely accurate. Yeah. There's just, it's a poorly run, whatever. Something could have happened. I'm yeah. not going to discount that. But what I am going to say is if you are looking at any relationship in your life, any amount of community in your life, and you are not willing to take responsibility for mm. at least an aspect of it, you will never be in a deep, 
intimate relationship. 100%. That reminds me of the just the passage that even on our staff covenant here at the tabernacle that we talk about um, with dealing with that conflict is Matthew 18, right? That if somebody's hurt me, if someone has brought offense to me, I'm going to talk to that person. And so for that individual out there that's struggling with forgiving or with church hurt or whatever that is, have you had the conversation? Mm. Um, have you had the conversation or did you just step away from it for this? Welcome back. Dude. <laughs> You're good, bro. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Yeah, you were like looking at me and I was like, is he? Is he? Or am I striking a nerve right now? Why that? is he crying right now? <laughs> Whoa. To take the pressure uh, off, Andrew, I will say that, yes, what you just said prior to I want all the putting all Andrew. the focus back on the guy that just coughed his way out of the Can room. Zoom that camera in on his face. <laughs> uh, no, the, where were we? Matthew 18, yeah. church hurt. So I've seen good examples and I've seen bad examples of this and I've lived on both sides of it personally. Like I don't, I don't do Matthew 18 per- mm. perfectly all the time. Me neither. Um, but people that do, uh, there's something that is exceptional because very rarely, and if you're unfamiliar with Matthew 18, open your Bible, go look at it. It's basically uh, how we deal with conflict it's in an, church world. It's an avenue for reconciliation. Yeah. And it, as simple as it can be summed up Taught is by Jesus. go deal with it. Yeah. You talk yeah. to a person one-on-one. If that doesn't work, bring somebody else with you. Worst case scenario, you got to get the church involved because the church authority can support some of that. Yeah. Um, but when it's done well, mm-hmm. and when I've seen it done well, I've seen reconciliation by people that, and again, just like we said, that adversity, that conflict builds their relationship. Yeah. When people skirt this in the church— it becomes a place of divisiveness and disunity, and it almost always costs somebody something that they were not willing to spend, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So I think to uh, kind of bring this to a, a one-point conclusion or whatever that is, and then we can talk about some other stuff as well, um, what would be your encouragement uh, to the person that's maybe listening to this, that's on the cusp, um, that has that desire but maybe hasn't taken that step Um, What would be your encouragement to that person that, man, like true biblical Christ-centered community, in my opinion, um, is crucial to the life of a believer? Um, It's one that, for me, uh, has changed the way I read Scripture. Um, It's changed the way that I have experienced the love of Jesus. Um, It's changed the way that I view um, serving, all of those things. And so for you guys, what would you say to the individual maybe that needs that encouragement or that— whatever that might be for somebody that's like, well, why should I step into community? The, um, the thing that's been going through my head almost this entire conversation was I recently watched the uh, Redeem Team documentary hmm. on Netflix all about the 2008 Olympic basketball oh, team. Yeah. So you have the Dream Team back in the 90s. They're incredible. Then, like, USA basketball falls off the face. The rest of the, of the world caught yeah. up. Lose and lose, and so they put together this team. We're like, we're going to send our best. Um, so LeBron's going, all these guys. And right before they actually go to the Olympics, Kobe Bryant shows up. Dog. Yeah. Well, this is this is the Kobe Bryant in this time who, like, he had some allegations. Yep. He was kind of a jerk. He had ruined Shaq and that whole situation. There's everything world and perception of him was, dude's a baller. We don't like him. Right. So he shows up got the coldness to him, got that edge to him. And that whole team, like, gave him the respect, right? They saw him for who he was. But as you're watching this documentary, you're realizing, like, they would just mess with him. Mm-hmm. Like, they gave him the respect. They, like, they were trying to bring him in yeah. to the fold. There's effort happening, right? Yeah. Very end, they're going to play the the gold medal game. The night before, they're, they throw a surprise birthday party for Kobe. The team does. And he's like, you guys better not. And they're singing. And he's got just the biggest grin on his face. Yeah. And then they go in, and he just is that cold-blooded killer in that, that gold yep. medal game. Go back and watch it. And there's this one point. he so makes the one where he ru- runs through Pogasol. That's like the first game. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. But, like, this is the championship. <laughs> this is the gold medal. This all makes sense. He, he hits this shot, and there's under a minute left. And he just turns, and he like, does, like, the shush sign. And it's just like, it's just such a – and I'm, I'm crying. I literally start crying watching this. A, big Kobe fan, obviously yeah. tragic, but it was all the guys talking about like he had bought in. Mm. He had started reciprocating the action. He had he had like become part of the team. Yeah. 
And they say it's like if you if you really think about Kobe Bryant, there's there's two sides to the Kobe. Yeah. And they basically from that point forward, you have this whole new perception of Kobe. Yeah. And I, I've been thinking about this idea of community and what we've been talking about. And if I could boil down to it, it was it is it's 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 try. Mm-hmm. Like, because you don't know. We we both use the comment, man, if I only would have known. Yeah. It's like, if people would have known, fast forward, we lose Kobe the way we did it. And right. stuff, like, would have been more. But it was it was the fact that both sides saw the reality of, like, let's both try. Mm-hmm. Let's both invest. Yeah. You have this beautiful thing. You have this, like, uh, uh, raw emotion and, and all this, like, depth. And life is happening mm. that a brotherhood is created. And I, I'm like, man, if. I was weeping because I'm just like, that. that's it. Yeah. Like, just care. Just yeah, try. That's good. Bro, I absolutely love that. One, that you referenced that documentary because yeah. that was awesome. But two, there are so many guys here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a stretch here, and you guys will protect me when I get beat up by gotcha. some old fellas next week. <laughs> there are too many guys in this church specifically that think they're the Kobe of the world. Mm. The Kobe of the Bible, they, they would never consider because they've already got everything they need from yeah. Fight Club. They've already got everything they need from, from church service. They're really just here because, you know, every now and again, we might need them for this, that, or the other thing. And they forgot that they desperately, they, they may not learn another tangible aspect. But your relationship with Jesus is not all about how much you know about Scripture. And all of a sudden, Kobe goes, Man, I can play. Mm-hmm. I can outplay most of the guys mm-hmm. in this room. But they accept me as a human, and it, it is so important. We know, we know that we know that this walk, this getting closer to Jesus thing involves other people. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if Kobe found Jesus in those moments, but I'll tell you what, he saw something in other yeah. people. That's good. I think the key piece that, that we see come to play with what you were just talking about is the key to relationships is it's not just what am I going to get. Yeah, it's what can I give, mm-hmm. and I think that whenever you center yourself in between those two spaces, that your friendships aren't just about what you're going to receive through that 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 uh, interaction, that relationship, but it's what can I give to other people? Yeah. How can I be the hands and feet of Jesus in their life just as much as they can be it in mine? And that's where we truly begin to see Christ centered community start to get built. Um, yeah. And and that would be my encouragement is. Look outside yourself (laughs) as you look to build relationships. Look outside what you're looking to receive or what you want from other people and maybe ask, can I be that for somebody else? And take the risk and the hope and the fact that that Christ will honor that effort and see that, and he's going to put people around you that are going to pour in just as much as you're pouring out. Um, But I think that he matches that investment to an extent, and that's my own idea. I I don't think I pull that from anywhere, but I think that there's an avenue that, man, what you put into it is going to be what you get out of it. Mm -hmm. That's like an old adage. I remember my my coaches used to tell us that. What you bring into this and what you put into it is going to be what you get out of it. If you just want church to be one hour a week, you show up, you walk in, you get your coffee, you sit down, you get your fix, and you leave, what you put into it is going to be what you get out of it. But yeah. if it's a place where you come and you invest, where you belong, where you serve, where you're known and you're, and you're, and you're knowing people, what you put into it is what you get out of it. Yeah. And I think that that, uh, that, that leads to kind of the, the last plug uh, aspect, unless you guys have anything else you want to add to that. that. It's just the team. Like, yeah. like to that point, we can all do it. Yeah. You can do life alone. Like Kobe yeah. could be the superstar by himself, LeBron, all this stuff. It was the buying of like, oh, we're better as a team. Yeah, 100%. We're better we're doing better this together. together. And for those of you out here going, I don't care about the documentary, give me the Bible, go read about David's life. Mm. Yeah. David was the Kobe of, like he was the guy that yeah. had every reason to be able to say, I got this. And yet he surrounded himself with men. Mm. He surrounded himself tightly with men, bunch of, you know. Mighty men, yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden at the end of that story, you realize why he desperately needed the men around him yeah. because when he secluded himself things went real real bad that's good that's a great tie-in mm-hmm. um so yeah and i think that that points to the fact that um for a moment we're going to push pause and uh, direct this men you need other men in your life um I, this wasn't an accident that we got a bayview guy at the table that we got some tab guys at the table um that we have an opportunity in the life of our church um in, in our churches uh, yeah. an opportunity in the life of the kingdom of, of god in northern michigan to let and allow men to come into community with other men, mm-hmm. to, to build that relationship, to surround yourself with dudes that are chasing after Jesus. It's more than just I like to hunt and fish mm-hmm. or play golf. 
but it's dudes that you can find Christ-centered relationship in, and uh, that's one that we're offering at both of our churches, mm-hmm. uh, Manistee, Buckley, and Bayview and Traverse City, is our Man Up Men's Retreat. Um, yeah. And this is not a shameless plug. This is, this is guys, this is crucial for the life of our church. Yeah. This isn't because we want to have a bunch of people there so we can have an awesome poker tournament or whatever, the rocket launch thing. Who gives a crap? Mm-hmm. It's fun, whatever. This is crucial for the mission of seeing Jesus' kingdom come and his will be done in northern Michigan. It's going to take men stepping into the gap, building community, getting serious about their faith, getting serious about Jesus. Mm. And I think that this could be a great launching point. This could be a place where it all starts. 100%. Amen. And I want to go one step further on that and just say, I never understand why people think that there's like a reason, like plug. Nobody's gaining anything from getting larger numbers here. You don't get we, commission? No. Oh. We genuinely believe <laughs> ourselves that this is worthwhile. That's 100%. the only reason why it feels like when we sell stuff like this, we are selling it because it, it's it's that important. Oh, 100%. Uh, There's so many like – I think like it's like, yeah, well, they're getting paid like to be the guys. No, like the reason we're so invested is because we care mm-hmm. and because I've seen these things and the, the, the way Jesus has used these type of events and these type of uh, settings to, to radically shape and change my life. And so, uh, yeah, that's why I push it. It's not because of anything other than that. And I know there's a dude out there that thinks he's too cool, too busy, or too tough. Prove it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on out. Meet me at 285, big dog. And for uh, those that uh, <laughs> you know really did resonate with the Kobe analogy, there is a three-on-three basketball tournament. I am still recruiting for my team so I can beat Andrew. Now, but <laughs> – Guys, this is what we do is we come together we as men and we have some fun. And ladies, if you listen to this whole podcast, nothing we said is singular to men. Oh, that's because we, we have know. a tab women's retreat coming up. Exactly. That you can all go to as well. And boom, you can't say this was just about dudes. Exactly. We just uh, <laughs> are more qualified to speak about that one. So yeah. come out, have some fun, yeah. let see what community could look like and take a risk. I have a question. Maybe Chris and Mary will listen. Will there be steak? He claims it is in writing. I it's mean, in, apparently it was in writing last year. It was in bold on his email. Okay. It's how he started the last there two meetings about steak. it. I, I'm, I'm not going to be the guy that says there's going to be steak. <laughs> uh, I writing. just remember last year I was told there was going to be steak and wings and all this. And it's like, oh, sick, Lake Ann pizza. <laughs> I just say, come on, guys. It, this is camp. I love Lake Ann, but steak is not – we're not having T-bones out here. But, we but might. there's going to be beef. But we might. On the plate. Yeah. That's what I'm told. It's I'm excited writing. about it. <laughs> it's in writing. <laughs> Love it. And it's a 26 hours, something like that. Come out, be a part of it. I have no idea what the dates are. That's why Martin's here. March 17th, 18th, St. Patrick's Day, I believe Perfect it is. Time. Yeah. I knew he'd know. Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Come hang out. It's going to be an awesome time. Uh, yeah. There will be a link in the little show notes if you want to go click on it and register. Um, we'll have that. You'll register through the tabernacle, though. So, babe, you men, make sure you register through the tabernacle. Uh, <laughs> We want we want credit. We get that commission. Oh, yeah, remember, absolutely. So no, but it is it literally does start after work. Yes. It starts in the evening on Friday. I don't have times off the top of my head, and you're out of there on Saturday night. Your wives won't even notice you're gone. <laughs> your kids will be better off for because you'll come back a better man for Best it. That's thing what you can do for your family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So do Sweet. this thing. Well, guys, thank you. Hmm. Thanks for coming, King. Thanks for being my friends. Uh, thanks for hanging out, Andrew. You should go see a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) That was wild, bro. That was a ride. I love it. Well, uh, is there anything we want free? Chick-fil-A would be nice. Um, Starting to get a little sunny outside, so uh, Dublin General Store, no free shout-outs. Where them brats at? Have we shot for Mundos yet? I feel like that's possible. That'd be clutch. Because if they send us stuff, I don't have have to go in there and feel like I'm too old We could have Mundos merch on the table, maybe a little plant. Just kidding. I have enough (laughs) of those in my life. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Mundos, no free shout-outs. Lilith, uh, hook it up. Skylar Bibles, we haven't talked to you in a while. Why not? Yeah, and any of you out there, Trace Cakes, 100 episode coming up. Just going to let you know right now. Prove it. There could be a cake. There could be. Trace Cakes. Trace Cakes. You ever had Trace Cakes? Mm-mm. For all your family's uh, needs, if you ever have a birthday party, um, a gender reveal, anything like that coming up in your life, Trace Cakes is the first stop shop for any cake you need in your life. Cookies, we can do it all. Wow. No all free right. shout-outs. That was the <laughs> cleanest <laughs> advertisement I've heard yet on the no podcast. No free shout-outs, Big Tom. <laughs> all right. Uh, until next time, Tab Finley, this is Martin, Andrew, and Matty Ice over on the sticks. <laughs> and Britton signing off. Peace. Peace.